Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Scripture reading this morning is from the first epistle of John. The page number is printed on the cover of the bulletin if you'd like to follow along with the Bible that's in the bench in front of you. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because God first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And Christ has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. You've heard of Canada, right? <laughs> it's, uh, it's somewhere north of here. I hear the people are nice. There are 35 million people in Canada. Sweden has a population of about 10 million people. Here in Oregon, we number just under 4 million. I hope this gives you a sense of scale. If we add together all the people in Canada and all the people in Sweden and all the people in Oregon, we have about, about 50 million people. People. That's a lot of people. 50 million. It's a lot of peanut butter. It's a lot of bread. It's a big number. Here's a bigger number. There are 60 million, 60 million refugees in the world today. There are 60 million people displaced by war and persecution. More than half of them are children. 
We've never seen anything like this. There are more refugees in the world today than there were at the end of World War II. We are in a crisis of global proportions. If those 60 million people were a single country, it, it would be the 24th largest country in the planet. The numbers are overwhelming. The systems, the humanitarian systems that we've developed since World War II are straining to the point of collapse. Lately, refugees from Syria have received the most scrutiny. There are some good reasons for this. Syrian refugees have become the world's most numerous. There are now millions of displaced Syrians in Turkey and Jordan and Lebanon. In Lebanon, for every 100 citizens, there are 25 refugees. Some of the refugees from Syria are now seeking shelter in Europe. So far, we've been talking about millions of people. Now I want to talk about thousands. The Obama administration agreed to welcome 10,000 Syrian refugees. 10,000. Over half the governors in our country think that number is too high. It's not just governors. Here in Oregon, my representative to Congress voted to impede the Syrian refugees. Faced with the humanitarian crisis of global proportions, some leaders want to lock the front gate. We're worried about security. Security. <laughs> We have the largest military budget in the world. Each year we spend over half a trillion dollars on the tools of war. I know this big number defies comprehension. How do you even think about half a trillion? But I think the story is right here in these numbers. The second largest military budget is in China, the third is in Russia, then Saudi Arabia, France, England, Germany, Japan, and India. In 2014, we spent more on the tools of war than all those other countries combined, many of which are our allies. We spent half a trillion dollars on the tools of war. We have the largest incarceration rate of any place in the world. The United States has about 5% of the world's population and about 25% of the known prisoners in the world are in the United States. America leads the world in putting people into prison if you're flying somewhere for Thanksgiving or Christmas, you'll have to remove your shoes at the airport. You'll have to remove your shoes and your belt and your jacket. There are special rules about your laptop and your shampoo. Each year, as a country, we spend $7 billion on airport security. That's about twice the overall budget for the city of Portland. 
We have the largest military budget in the world. We have the world's highest rate of incarceration. We have full body scanners at the airport. And we are so worried about security that we can't welcome 10,000 refugees into this country. I don't know if you know who Martin O'Malley is, but I'm gonna steal this line from him. In this country, making room for 10,000 people would be like asking a stadium of 32,000 people to make room for one more person. But that one person frightens us. And we keep making our decisions based on fear. We are so afraid. So, here's the good news. We've stopped talking about the red cup at Starbucks. <laughs> Wait, dang, I, I'm talking about the red cup at Starbucks. Nobody cares about the red cup at Starbucks. The red cup is just a prop. What matters is the outrage. How can those people be so offended? What's wrong with them? We have to keep tabs on the other. It's a matter of security. Security is a polite way to talk about our fears. And fear prospers when we see the other as fundamentally alien. When those people become incomprehensible to us, our only option is to shut the door. We have to build walls. We have to, ins we have to hide inside the bunker of our own security. Last Sunday, I attended Meeting for Worship in Washington, D.C. I was with Quakers from all over the country. Our worship leader was a friend from North Carolina. When he spoke, he lingered on the sound of each vowel. <laughs> Although his accent set him apart, this friend spoke from a place of deep resonance for me. He spoke about the recent events in his own yearly meeting. North Carolina yearly meeting is splitting apart. I could identify with the pain in the speaker's voice. Something in our Quaker world is falling apart. The ground is shifting beneath our feet. We are becoming islands to one another. We see each other as alien. In the name of security, we are building bunkers. We are building walls and locking the gates. We are so afraid. How do we step back from this precipice of fear? How do we shift the momentum? I wonder if we could start by making a commitment to accept every gesture of goodwill. Let us create this opening in our minds. Let goodwill come across your threshold. 
Sometimes it will be awkward. It will be expressed in foreign words with unfamiliar props. Don't worry about the strange expression. If a Catholic offers to light a candle for you, let it be enough that someone cares. Let the goodwill of this gesture be larger than the theology that divides you, larger than the divergent history that separates you, larger than all your suspicions about the Pope and the patriarchy and all those cardinals in their funny hats. If a Muslim offers to pray for you, let it be enough that someone cares. Let this act of goodwill come across your threshold unimpeded by fear or anxiety. If someone blesses you or brings you a drink of water, accept this gesture of goodwill. If someone plants a tree in your honor, it doesn't matter if the tree is strange to you. If someone sings for you, it doesn't matter if you don't know the words. Or maybe you wouldn't say it quite that way. Let goodwill come across your threshold. Amen. Because when you accept the goodwill of others, you are building a link. You are letting something bridge the gap that separates us. And if there are enough bridges across the gap, then it's not really a gap anymore. Let people wish you Shabbat Shalom and Ramadan Mubarak. Let people wish you Merry Christmas, even though it's before Thanksgiving. Let these gestures of goodwill come across the gap between us and diminish the divide. There are things we can do for the refugees. I don't mean to take the spotlight away from people in need. There are practical things that we can do. But it seems clear to me that we are in the midst of a second crisis here. We are so barricaded behind the walls of our own security. Even a refugee crisis on another continent further divides us from one another. The momentum is toward isolation. It's toward fear and isolation. We have to address this need as well. We need to stop proofreading our differences and start celebrating the poetry that connects us to one another. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. Friends, friends, as people called to be peacemakers, how do we step back? How do we take the lead in stepping back from the precipice of fear? How do we close the gaps that divide us? Is there work you can do to shift the momentum away from fear and toward love?